The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Let's try to burn off! Run right to the back of him! Run right to the middle and out the back! What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Hey, what up? This is Daytime Fireworks. I am your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, as he does week in, week out, the Associated Press's David Brandt. Coming to us live from way out in Arizona. It was an early kickoff for you being out there in the desert. Um, and this is on brand for the Daytime Fireworks. The, uh, the fireworks were during the day and they were early on Saturday. He's almost jumped out to a 21-0 lead against Auburn and then had to fight. Um, I don't know if I'll go as far as tooth and nail. Um, Auburn did cut it to four, but uh, I'll get your thoughts first. But I kind of have – I think I have a feel on this Ole Miss team right now, but just a comfortable two-score win for Ole Miss to remain undefeated. What did you think about Saturday, David? Right. I mean, it was it was sort of an uneven performance, particularly defensively, although I think Bigsby, I think, is really, really good. And that that run where he bounced outside and ran for like 50 yards, that's a that's an NFL run. That was a he's he's a good back. But, um, you know, it, it was uneven, especially defensively. But again, this is a team that continues to kind of do what it needs to do to win games. And like you said, I wasn't the line like right at 14. Yeah. I think it was 14 and a half is what I think. It yeah. I mean, it. you know, Vegas is good. I mean, that's, a, you know, I, I think that the game kind of went away that, you know, obviously you jump out to that big league, let a team back in and then pull away. There's some, but I, I think again, a 14 point win over Auburn, that's fine. You're winning games you're supposed to win in the way usually you should win them. I'm slightly concerned about the defense a little bit at this point just because they haven't had, you know, a couple good games if, mm-hmm. if I'm right in a row, and that's a little concerning. But, I mean, overall, again, you know, the running game looks really good. Um, I'm okay with this. I, I thought it was a pretty good win. Three 300-yard rushers. It's just incredible what they're doing week in and week out. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody knows at this point that Ole Miss is, you know, wants to run the ball, and that's what they do really well. And what other teams still can't stop it. That's especially a team that as as tough of a time as Auburn has, there's still some talent on that roster, and they they still just couldn't stop them. So um, that was just a long winded way of saying I, I think Ole Miss took care of business the way it has the last several weeks. So. Um, win in advance and and that's what they did yeah that, that's a great that's a great way to put it it's kind of like that ncaa tournament vibe now we're just surviving in advance stay undefeated continue uh 
on that trajectory to have a shot at winning the SEC West as they are now first in the division after Alabama fell to Tennessee. Um, it, yeah, I mean, I, I was on a, uh, a radio show earlier, 97.7 The Zone, uh, ESPN and Huntsville, and we were talking about this game, and, and I said um, to – Drew DeArmond over there. I was like, you know, when they, when Ole Miss went up 21, nothing, it could have gone one way or another. It could have been just your classic fold, like a cheap tent um, where Auburn, you know, Hey, we see the writing on the wall. We got the buy next week. Brian Arson's probably not surviving this. Let's just kind of kick back and just, you know, let's get this one over with quickly or they could fight and, uh, and try to make it a game. And and it was the latter. Um, You mentioned Tank Bigsby. He's had his struggles this year. The offensive line has been pretty bad for Auburn, but um, it's hard to hold a guy like that down long enough when he's that talented. And then you throw in Jarquez Hunter in there as well. Ole Miss did help him out a little bit. A lot of missed tackles. They were down a couple playmakers on defense. Cedric Johnson didn't play, and uh, Troy Brown was banged up. And then a couple guys were, were kind of getting back into the swing of things, knocking the rust off. Kari Coleman was back playing. Um, but – Honestly, give some credit to Auburn. They fought, um, made it a game uh, right there in the third quarter when Bigsby had that 50-yard run. Um, as good a run as it was and as talented as he is, some poor angles on that one um, and a couple missed tackles at the line of scrimmage kind of sprung him there. But Ole Miss, field goal, Quinshawn Judkins scores. And then uh, late in the game, uh, Jonathan Cruz adds another one to go up 10, and then Quinshawn Judkins put it away with a 41-yard run. Um, you talk about the run game, Judkins is special. And then, uh, man, Zach Evans just kind of goes out there business as usual every week. Right. And, uh, makes some special things happen. And, um, you know, looking yeah, at the options, there's just Judkins, there's just a way that he runs that I, man, I like it. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. runs, there's, he, he's just got, you know, that 41 yard touchdown he had, he just got there in such a hurry. He, he, yeah, there's a burst there that's really impressive. I and like, I mean, you know, it's hard to, you know, running is running and it's hard to get, but you know what I mean? Like he just, he gets where he wants to be very quickly. He's kind of one of those, I've said this over the years where there's a difference between running fast and running hard. Yeah. Jenkins looks like he's running hard. Right. Like it, yeah. It, there's, it, it does not look fun. It looks like a machine. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> a machine. I mean, just arms and legs pumping. And, I mean, you know, he's – how big of a guy is he? He's 5'11", 220. Yeah, I mean, he looks – you know, he looks solid. You can tell he's solid by the way people bounce off him when they try to tackle him. Man, but the thing, you know, when he gets going, man, it's a good yeah. running back. That was that – was, if you like really good, powerful running backs, that was – that was a heck of a game. I mean, to run for 448 yards, I mean, those are like triple option Air Force numbers. Right, yeah. You know, that, that's that's crazy rushing numbers. And and Auburn, to their credit, had 301. I mean, that's a really high amount just right there. But, um, you know, I, just to run for 448 yards, I I was just thoroughly impressed at, at the running backs. And like I said, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right about Auburn. You know, they, they good for them. They're on scholarship too. They cared and they, mm-hmm. they came back, yeah. but you know, they didn't have what they, what it took. But anyway, sorry, I hijacked your conversation right there, but Judkins, <laughs> wow. He's fun to watch. Yeah. It's, it's quite the, the 
the juxtaposition at running back because not that Zach Evans doesn't run hard, but to me, it, it he's so and, and not that Judkins isn't. Evans just looks so smooth and it's just effortless. Like he just right. kind of glides around. He makes these little jump cuts, these quick, you know, dips a shoulder. And then Judkins just to me, it's it's almost like, you know, because he's a freshman um, and someone that uh, is the proud owner. And this ties into Juice as uh, the new, you know, quasi mascot. He's kind of like a young, like a lab puppy that's like 75, 80 pounds. And, and it's just a bull in a china shop. I mean, he is just physical. He delivers the punch when he runs the football. And it's, you know, almost like he's he's too young to know any better to try to avoid contact at times. I, but I, I, I actually think agree with that. Out. Yeah, I mean, like, he's just – there's something fun about watching somebody who, like – it's like he doesn't know any better that it shouldn't be this easy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, like, he's he's just – you know, and I mean, like I'm watching the replay of that 41 yard touchdown. And I mean, he's just, he gets that ball and it's just immediate violence. You know, I mean, it's not, yeah. and I'm not talking great about like running over people. I mean, he's just, he's running hard and the legs and the arms are pumping. And like you said, it's, you know, it's the SEC, all the backs run hard, but there's something different about him. There's just a, I, I it's a really fun time. I, I think that Ole Miss fans are going to look back and really talk about the way Judkins ran the ball, hopefully his whole career at Ole Miss, but definitely this year that it was just, it's just special. You're seeing something really, really fun right now. Yeah. And, and, and it's also just, it's such a cool one-two punch because you've got Zach Evans, who's, who's got the real quiet swagger about him. He, he will, he will be very honest and tell you how he feels. And then Judkins is, you know, the young, soft-spoken very unassuming guy that that you know just kind of grins and, and doesn't really say much it's uh it's a fun it's a fun backfield to watch when they get it going and then oh by the way Jackson Dart who right to his own right is 6'2 220 I mean you want to talk about something that's not fun to tackle in the open field um that's another guy that that's that when he gets coming downhill not fun at all um but yeah, I mean, Ole Miss just kind of set the tone and, and they they ran it extremely well. And and look, again, another week and another example of Kiffin just kind of taking what the defense gives him. They've thrown in a couple of nice wrinkles with the running backs out of the backfield, you know, a wheel route. Um, I was talking to our buddies at the, uh, the Hit That Line show that we record every week about, man, I've been waiting on that, that QB draw play action, you know, pop pass. And then they did it last week, hit Zach Evans for a touchdown. Um, they're just kind of pushing all the right buttons at the right time right now. And, you know, I said I, I have a feel for this team. To me, it's it, – I think you, you can't look – I mean, sure, you can criticize. You can look for some things that they didn't do so well. But it's hard to look at every game in a vacuum. Every, every week is different. Every scheme, every game plan is going to be different. But – Man, it, it just seems like Ole Miss is just a good team that just finds ways to win however they can right now. Right, and they seem to, even though, like you said, they find kind of different ways to win. They'll pass a little more. They'll run a little more. It's a team that also is, how am I trying to say, it's, it's like a healthy, you know, Lane Kiffin has grown into the role. It's a program that's comfortable with itself. 
It's a program that yeah. knows what it's doing. It's a program that looks like it's been doing this for 30 years. You know, they, under they truly the same know regime. their identity. Right. It's a team that knows what they're doing. And I don't, you know, who knows that changes week to week, who knows what the future holds, but it's a team that looks like a top 10 team that acts like a top 10 team and that performs like a top 10 team. And that's, I mean, if you're an old Miss fan, you just got to be, you know, these are, these are big days like this, you know, I'm not even sure like back in 2014, you know, when obviously both Ole Miss and state were so good, like, they're, I, you know, both those that obviously was for real too. Those teams were both really good that year, but there felt like something was almost like this can't last. With Ole yeah. Miss, it kind of feels like it's gonna last. I mean, I'm and again, I'm not saying they're going undefeated. They could lose one game. They could lose two games in the regular season. But none of that would shock me. But it's it's again, it's a program that's comfortable in its own skin. It knows what it wants to do. It looks like a very mature, like we keep bringing it back to Lane Kiffin, but, you know, we're getting the best version of Lane Kiffin right now. This is what people thought Lane Kiffin could be, Mm -hmm. and I think he's showing it right now. We've talked a lot about the ground game through the air. They uh, probably, as as an amateur uh, viewer of college football and someone who, loves to get in the film room and into the X's and O's. I thought they could have thrown it a little bit more. I really thought Auburn was really stressing the, you know, stopping the run game and, and to almost credit, <laughs> they were just good enough. to well, it matter. Say, right. Um, That's incredible. They ran 88 plays. That's a lot of plays. They had 69 rushes just on the, yeah. like just uh, running plays. Yeah. And look, Second week in a row, Jackson Dart has an outstanding game. Um, the stat line should have been 10 for 19 for maybe 138, 140. Uh, had the weird interception. Jonathan Mingo lets it go right through his hands. Karam's off yeah. of like seven people, and then Auburn picked it off. But, I mean, Dart was 9 for 19, 130 yards, three touchdowns. Um, hit the big one early. Dayton Wade ran a great route on a double move. And then he had That's one a nice Zach- player. He's a good player. He, yeah, I, I'm waiting on the scene on the, on the, on an episode of the season at some point where they put him on scholarship, um, where they, where they unveil the, uh, you know, after practice, they tell him that, you know, Hey, here's your, oh, here's sure. your full ride. Um, you know, Every program's mom. got a version of that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, just a, quietly really good productive receiver that is pretty explosive and um ran a great route and then you you know you hit zach evans out of the backfield for for the 23 yarder um but um you, you know i think the the maturation of dart is, is showing more and more he's definitely more comfortable um and I don't know. I know people are speculating that that Kiffin and, and Charlie Weiss Jr. don't trust him enough yet to throw more. I I just think that the run game is just working. I mean, look and when at what you're they running did. for five, that's what I was about to say. When you're running for 448 yards, I think there's an important distinction here. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying Jackson Dart could throw for 500 yards a game if he wanted to, but I think there's a big distinction between if a team struggles to throw the ball or just isn't throwing the ball because they're better at other things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I think Jackson Dart at this point has shown, and I think other teams know 
Ole Miss can throw the ball. I mean, maybe not at a ridiculous air raid clip, but they can. They're just trying to make people beat them with the, you know, with their running game because it's been so mm-hmm. good. And I think that's an important distinction. I mean, Ole Miss isn't throwing the ball a ton right now because they don't have to. Like, right. you know, and, and I, I think you ask almost any coach in America other than maybe Mike Leach, you know, I mean, what, what would you rather do if you could just walk into a game and do, you know, they would take, I'll take getting six or seven yards on the ground every time and just score, you know, it's just a slightly safer way to do business usually. Um, yeah. And I think that's where Ole Miss is at. I think they can pass. They just don't have to very often. So they're not. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're exactly right. Again, I think it's just Kiffin knowing what works and trusting what works and just letting what works work. I mean, they were, they were successful yeah, don't overthink the football. It. Yeah, yeah don't I mean, they were. It. Who, who cares what Jackson Dart ends up with passing yards? Like, yeah, <laughs> no one cares. If you can run for 448 yards, you're going to win a lot of football games. Yeah, and, and I mean, you look at this team right now as a whole, as we uh, turn the page to, to look ahead to LSU um, in the second segment, I mean, this is a, a team that total defense numbers-wise um, they're inside the top 35, and then offensively, they're inside the top 15. Uh, I mean, just the balance of both sides of the football and then running and throwing. We saw against Vanderbilt. Look, you can say it's Vanderbilt all you want, but, I mean, what Dart did is hard to do against air. Um, he had a big day throwing it. Um, Vandy, I mean, Clark Lee and then we talked about it. They, they just wanted, hey, we're not letting you run for 500 on us. So Ole Miss just, all right, well, we're going to throw it. Um, right. So I think that's just how it's going to be this year. I mean, whatever the defense shows, they're going to take what they can get. I mean, that's kind of been Kiffin's MO during his whole career as a play caller. Yeah. I, and I've always thought that was, uh, like I said, coaches should have their philosophy and the way they do things and like sort of a framework for how they operate. But I always think the best coaches are the ones that can adapt slightly and don't have to you know, throw it 60 times a game to be successful or run it 60 times a game to, for, for that matter. But yeah, I mean, I, I, there's not much to complain about right now for all this. I'm, I'm nitpicking. Yeah. I'm looking for things like with the defense, you know, yeah, it wasn't great, but I mean, they're seven and zero. they're the number seven team in the country. And there's a reason for all that. They're, they're playing really well. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to dive into Ole Miss LSU Saturday, 2.30 CBS Central Time Kick. We'll preview that one, so hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more, 
the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. The show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. And we are back here on daytime fireworks. Zach Barry, Davis, uh, David Brandt coming to you here talking Ole Miss, LSU this weekend. All right. Last week, Ole Miss exercised some demons, beat Auburn for the first time since 2015. Now they head down to Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. Day game. It's not a night game, so I don't know if we're going to get any Death Valley Halloween type vibes, but um, trying to win for the first time since 2008 in Tiger Stadium. I do believe I have that correct. Um, how, think, how can they make that a day game? That feels like it's got night game written all over it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was actually, uh, I was there for that 2008 game. That's when Houston Nutt kneeled on like the, well, not yeah. himself, but his <laughs> offense kneeled on like the four yard line as they were about to score another touchdown to go up, like however much it was, that was a crazy game. Yeah, it was, um, it was the, uh, what was it like three or four throws in a row that Jevin Sneed made early. Yeah. Well, that I forgot about that. Yes. But that, you know, that is where Mel Kuyper and all those guys 
kind of turned Jevin Sneed into the number one prospect the next year. And then, you know, it, it obviously all didn't work out quite as well. But, like, I understand what Mel Kuyper and the scouts saw with those three throws. Those were incredible throws. Yeah. Uh, I do remember. And and the thing was with Houston Nuts offense, like, Houston Nutt did some things really well and, like, the running game, but he made it difficult on quarterbacks. You had to make really hard pro-style throws a lot of times. There weren't a lot yeah. of just, you know, over the middle six yards, you know, easy pitch and catch. Like, you know, they were difficult throws. And I remember that three-throw stretch. And I thought Jevin Steed was going to be a first-round draft pick, too. So, 2008, uh, last time – Ole Miss got a win in Baton Rouge, the 31-13 victory. Since then, um, you had a close one in 2010 um, with uh, Jeremiah Masoli damn near doing it by himself against a top oh, five LSU. Um, man, you want to talk about what could have been with <laughs> the touchdown to Marquise Summers. He somersaults into the end zone. They flag him. Um, oh. Remember all that, and then Houston nut ripped on him. And so yeah, I which I which I hate that. that. I, I feel like that should be a dead ball and force it on the kickoff because he's going into the end zone, you know, completely, you know, unimpeded. I, I hate that flag, but they lose that one. Um, and then you had the 10-7 game in 2014 when when Ole Miss was a uh, I believe a top, but they were definitely top 10. They might have been top five. Um that was the last time Ole Miss was undefeated down in Baton Rouge. Um, and then you had in 2020, in the COVID year, you had the strange, you know, monsoon game when Elijah Moore didn't play and Ole Miss had some injuries and Matt Corral had a terrible first half and then almost willed them to a win late in that one. Um, but now you've got Ole Miss very handedly whipped LSU a year ago in uh, Coach O's final season. Now you've got Brian Kelly there. LSU starting to play a little bit better. Um, the line shifted. I believe it was anywhere from two, two and a half in favor of Ole Miss. It is now LSU minus one and a half. I, Vegas is Vegas. I, what do you make of this one looking ahead? Wow. That's an interesting line. Um, yeah, you know, this. there's two things here. One, just LSU – eighth game of the season and you're right LSU is starting to find itself and play a little better this game scares me a little bit if you're an old Miss fan I mean like it just you know I, I think you're going to get a good version of LSU uh, the one thing that that gives me faith that Ole Miss can win I I still don't think even though they did score 45 points against Florida last week this isn't a team that's necessarily built to win too many shootouts most of the time, I don't think. And I think Ole Miss can simply outscore them. But LSU is playing better. And Jaden Daniels is is difficult. I mean, like, we've talked about him before. I watched him when he was at Arizona State. He's a frustrating player sometimes, but there's little doubt that he's a playmaker. I mean, he can – he makes things happen. Mm -hmm. uh, good good or bad. <laughs> but, right. uh, you know, you know, I – but I just – I. I, I get it from a name on the front of the jersey type thing, but I'm surprised LSU is favored a little bit here. I, I still feel that Ole Miss should, if I were, you know, just making the odds myself, it feels like Ole Miss by about three. So, I mean, if yeah. that line has moved in favor of LSU, I, I, 
I feel better about Ole Miss in that case from a betting standpoint, but I think this is going to be a really tough game. Looking at the numbers um, ahead of this week's matchup, I, I was looking at some some stuff on LSU. Um, they are 69th in the country in rush defense and they're 45th in pass efficiency defense. On the other side, they are 115th in sacks allowed. Those are the three that, that caught my eye. Um, you know, the rush defense isn't great. They gave up over 200 Tennessee, and, and I would argue that Ole Miss has a better running back room than Tennessee does, a, a much, you know, much different looking one for sure because Tennessee has Jabari Small, who is, in fact, small. Um, Ole Miss has bigger backs. And then the pass efficiency defense is something as well because LSU for the longest time was always, you know, dubbed as DBU. And they've got some talent over there, but it's certainly not the the name cachet that you normally have with LSU defensive backs. And I think that with what we've seen with Jackson Dart over the last couple of weeks and how he's gotten better, more comfortable in the offense, I think they're going to really have some things cooked up to attack them through the air if they, you know, either shut down the offense, you know, you know, almost as offense running the ball or almost is not running as effectively. Um, I, I do think Dart's going to be able to find some holes in that defense, but then man, the, the sacks allowed number is, is pretty jarring. Um, I think that that's something that really jumps out to me um, with how Ole Miss has really been able to get after people. I mean, they've got, 19 sacks on the year. They're averaging almost three a game um, with, you know, they kind of come at you from all different angles with, you know, I, I expect Cedric Johnson to be back for this one. You've got him, you've got Tavius Robinson, Kari Coleman, and they come at you with safeties. Um, you've got JJ Pegues, KD Hill. Um, the rest of that, that front has been pretty good for Ole Miss this year, but I don't know. We talk about the run game a lot on this show and for good reason. And, you know, they say, you know, run games travel and defense travels. And I think you're going to get a much better effort from this Ole Miss defense this week. I think they're going to be back to full strength, um, at least more at full strength than they were against Auburn. And LSU's offensive line has just been kind of okay. They've had some injuries. Um, I mean, their, their left tackle is a true freshman. I think they're really going to get after Will Campbell um, a guy that was in the hospital two weeks ago. Um, and then now yeah. he's back playing again, which was bizarre. I, I think this one's going to be a close one. And this is three weeks in a row. Now you had Vandy, you had Auburn and now you got LSU. I think historically three games that are always, you know, get your popcorn ready material. I mean, Vandy's always weird. And then Ole Miss is just, you know, had their struggles with Auburn for years and they're always good games, and they're always kind of funky. LSU is kind of like that as well, and then Brian Kelly starting to get them to play better football. Um, they beat Florida last week in a, in a tough one on the road. I think this one's going to be another instant classic in this series, and um, I do lean Ole Miss here. I think that just the run game, and again, I just think they're the better team, and they're just going to find a way to win. Right. That, that's kind of what it feels like to me. Again, when you're not looking at the name on the front of the jersey, um, I just think Ole Miss is pretty good. I, you know, and, and I think LSU is getting better. And that's why that game from an Ole Miss perspective scares me more than it would have even two or three weeks ago. Um, 
you know, it's, it's, I, I think Ole Miss needs to, you know, they want this game to be more in the thirties. I think if Ole Miss scores 30 points, they win. Um, like for the reasons yeah. you said, I just don't think LSU is going to, I think LSU wants to win this game 24 to 20 or something like that. That's right. their ticket. I think Ole Miss wants to win this game 38 to 21 or something like that. Cause I just, I, if, if it turns into a, you know, a boat race, I, I think Ole Miss is in really, really good shape. Um, but yeah, I, you know, this is, this is, you know, we have been talking about Ole Miss and that running and defense travels, and this is a kind of a prove it game where, all right, this is, you know, especially and next week too, against Texas A&M, this is when that's got to kind of see you through. So mm-hmm. again, I'm surprised LSU is favored from a Vegas standpoint, although I kind of get it. Um, but is this I, is this I, Vegas maybe trying to trap people a little bit? I mean, I I've heard they do that sometimes. Um, yeah, I you know, I, I don't know. It. I I'm I'm thinking this will be a a really tight contested game. Brian Kelly's a good coach. Whatever you know, regardless of what you think of him as a person, right? <laughs> um, Terrible accent, good coach. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling like a thirty to twenty six type game. Yeah, Ole uh, Miss, right. Maybe similar to Auburn, where they get out and they 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 start strong, and then the defense shows up, much like Kentucky, and uh, and holds off a, a a late surge from LSU. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that at this point in the season, it's it's not like you just throw your helmet on the field and win a game. But I think you just kind of have to be the better team at this point. Like you said, you just you just win games, and you're just you're playing. You have to like go down to LSU and play well. You got to yeah. play well. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, you know, LSU's not going to hand – they're going to have to play well. And I think from an LSU standpoint, it's just, you know, I, again, maybe it's – I'm just – you know, I've watched them for a few years, but a lot of it's which Jaden Daniels shows up. Because, I mean, if, if right. the good Jaden Daniels shows up, he's he's pretty good. I mean, like, there's there's no doubt he, he can do – he can run, he can throw. There's He doesn't have a lot of weaknesses when he's going well. It's all about consistency. And like you said, I think it does bode well if Ole Miss can get after him a little bit, make him a little uncomfortable, you know, keep him from running too much. If, if you can make life tough on him, I think really quickly life becomes tough for LSU offensively. Um, so I think that's the ticket. And I think that's how Ole Miss ultimately wins the game. Yeah, and, you, you know, you look at LSU – 69th in rushing yards allowed, giving up 145 on the ground, 146 if you round up there. Um, but it's a much different monster going down there. And I saw a couple of weeks ago how well Tennessee ran on them. And I do think now they have Hinton Hooker. He can really stress you throwing the ball. But I think you've seen Dart being more comfortable in the offense and taking shots downfield. I think they're going to do that a lot more. I I personally like to see Ole Miss take more shots and open things up on first down because of how well they can run the football and try to put Dart in more comfortable situations rather than, you know, letting him spin it on, you know, very, you know, third and medium, third and long, very predictable passing situations. Um, Right. But, yeah, I mean, again, like you said, I think this is just a game where you're Ole Miss, you just go win it. Like, you're the better team. You you have the – you know, the pieces to put together a win, you can run it effectively. Your defense is much better. I think you just have to go win it. Um, so we'll, uh, 
we'll see you on Saturday. Um, and we'll definitely, we'll handicap this one later in the week when we do our gambling show. Um, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to look ahead around the rest of the SEC in week eight and uh, what to look forward to. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The Ole Miss Spirit and Talk of Champions are coming up on the one-year anniversary of our move to On3. We couldn't be happier. Winning has certainly helped. Football continues to roll. Baseball is fresh off the first ever national championship in program history. Life is good. But change is always hard. And I don't even want to think where we'd be without LinkedIn Jobs, which made our initial hiring experience as seamless as possible. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Create in seconds a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs and add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word about your opening. They offer simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses ranked LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Football Rebels have a little over a month remaining in the 2022 season. You want them to finish strong, right? Well, you need to finish strong, too, with LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free today at linkedin.com TOC. That's linkedin.com TOC to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. That's LinkedIn Jobs, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. 
And we are back here, daytime fireworks, closing things up here in the final segment, looking around the SEC. Um, we won't get into some of the some of the other ones. Uh, Tennessee now third in the country after big time upset over Alabama. Uh, they get UT Martin at 11 a.m. That'll be a snoozy one. I don't even think that's a letdown spot because I just don't think UT Martin's good enough to even compete there. Right, that's... That would be a that would be the letdown of all letdowns. UT yeah. Martin is better than they used to be, but yeah, uh, um, but yeah, not that not good. gonna not gonna be able to keep pace with with the balls. Um, you've got Vandy, Missouri at three o'clock, um, and then the nightcap should get interesting and dare I say fun with Mississippi State trying to come back from a loss to Kentucky, where man they held to two hundred and twenty five yards total offense. And uh, Will Levis just literally and figuratively willed Kentucky to that one. Yeah, they get, I mean, you saw the quote of him after the game, right? I, I'm not sure I did. What was it? <laughs> well, you know, he got banged up. He left. He came back. And they asked him. And he said, you know, yeah, I went to the locker room. Hoping for good news. Got it. Got the magic shot. It's just my left shoulder. Who cares? Um, <laughs> That's so. such a – that's a baller quote. I like that. Yeah. Um, so they're they're going to get angry Saban in Alabama at 6 o'clock. Uh, thoughts and prayers there. Um, that one could get ugly as Alabama is going to try to get back into the win column, stay the course in the SEC West. Um, and then the nightcap is an interesting one. A&M at South Carolina. I, Haynes King is back. Um, he was injured. A&M had a bye. Um, A&M's only favored by three and a half in South Carolina, quietly four and two. They're one and two in the SEC. Um, that has, uh, that has the, one of my favorite words, slobber knocker written all over it. I think that, uh, I think that could be a good one just, just for, I mean, I, I'm not even sure that's necessarily going to be like a, a good game in the sense of like pretty, but I think that could be a really good game in the sense of sort of like, yeah. a. Broncos and Chargers was last night <laughs> like very yeah. like compelling football even if it's not the best football yeah I think this one's got rock fight written all over it I think you're gonna have a nice matchup of Devin A. Chain versus Marshawn Lloyd um and then kind of you know which quarterback blinks first Haynes King he's young he's shown flashes but he's limited and then Rattler has just not been able to to get going. I don't know what the issue is there. I've said it all year. I think they just refuse to let him just really cut loose, and I don't know why. I mean, maybe it's because they don't trust him. Maybe it's because he's not fully grasped the offense yet, but it's week eight, so it's either now or never. Um, but a big spot for the Gamecocks. They have a real shot to get their second conference win, get to five and two, and A&M is very gettable. And – AM could be potential look ahead here as Ole Miss will come to town in week nine. Um, and then Ole Miss hits the bye before Alabama. So this is a this is a bit of a sneaky one for AM here, who have lost two straight and are trying to get back into the win column. Yeah, you know, with South Carolina, I'm looking at their schedule. If they can somehow find a way to beat Texas AM, they got Missouri at home, then Vanderbilt on the road. I mean, that's you got a runway for a nice little six-game winning streak right there before very tough at the end of Florida, Tennessee, and Clemson. 
But uh, you could you could get some momentum and get some confidence going into those games. Yeah, absolutely. I, I took South Carolina earlier uh, in the year on our inaugural episode of Hit That Line. I took the uh, the season total of over six wins for the Gamecocks. So this weekend will go a long way in getting there. I was about to say um, that's feeling good right now, if you, especially if they beat Texas A&M. I think you feel good yeah. about that. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if you're Ole Miss, you, you take care of business at 2.30, and then you get to sit back and, and do some scouting on A&M before uh, the Rebels go to College Station next week. That'll be a, that'll be a good one. It's the nightcap. Should be a fun one in Kyle Field. Um, before we close here, what are your thoughts on kind of where things stand right now in the SEC with um, you look at the rankings um, in the AP poll, You've got Georgia at one, Tennessee at three, Bama at six, Ole Miss at seven. Um, Look, I I hate using the term control your own destiny because by definition you can't control destiny. But, I mean, everything is all in front of Ole Miss. If you can get over these next two hurdles, and then that really sets up – if I had to guess, I haven't looked at the schedule, probably game day coming back to Oxford – for Ole Miss and Alabama in a top 10 matchup. Um, is that, I mean, we, we said it a couple of weeks ago that Ole Miss was good enough to be a college football playoff team. And if you can get to nine and zero and host Alabama and playing with house money, I mean, you're really looking good in that aspect of how this season could end. Yeah. I mean, you can't ask for anything more. I mean, you, you've got to be in position, you know, be in position to get in position and like Ole Miss has done all the things they've needed to do. I'm looking at the, if I were an Ole Miss fan right now, I've got the SEC uh, standings pulled up on, uh, on ESPN.com. And I would just be staring at these standings over and over and over because it's a beautiful sight for Ole Miss fans to, to be alone in first place ahead of Alabama and LSU. And, you know, we didn't even talk. I, I thought about this with the LSU Ole Miss game, LSU, has you know they're three and one in conference if they beat Ole Miss they're four and one and tied for first place everything they want is in front of them so you know I I mean as much as LSU has kind of struggled they've got a ton to play for too Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's you know I I think it's you know with the east it's just a whole different dynamic when Tennessee is good again um just yeah it just totally changes and it Florida's not very good right now, but the East is, you know, Kentucky. I think, you know, we were talking about Will Levis. I think you talk about maybe the MVP of the league right now, how much of a difference he makes. And, I mean, the quarterback always makes a difference. But mm-hmm. for Kentucky, I mean, you just talked that. I think having him on the field turns Kentucky from the Kentucky of old. I think he's the difference. You know what I mean? Like, I think he is a sure. huge part of the difference. Like, he – he changes that team from just being kind of an also red to a top 15 team. Um, you know, as he goes, Kentucky will go. But anyway, I, you know, another, you know, I'm just looking at these standings. Another, another good year of the SEC. And, and like you said, Ole Miss has got everything at once in front of it. Yeah. And, and you know, if, if Ole Miss gets through LSU at A&M, that by week, week 10, you can kind of sit back and, and, you know, hit the trainer's table, get ready for Alabama. But that week where you're sitting at home, I mean, come on, like what more do you want? You got Tennessee at Georgia. You got Alabama at LSU. 
I mean, those are two games that you're going to be watching closely, not only for you get Alabama off of, you know, you're, you're on your bye, and then you get Alabama at home, but you get a good look at Tennessee and Georgia. And if you find yourself close to getting to Atlanta for the first time ever, probably playing one of those two. And I mean, you want to talk about an electric factory. If Ole Miss gets to Atlanta for the first time to play for an SEC championship, and you get to go against Tennessee. I mean, the storylines and everything. About this. Oh yeah, and like the, or maybe with somebody else, like the nervous energy between the fan bases might just, you know, make the Georgia oh, Dome yeah. explode or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it'd be Tennessee trying to solidify themselves as quote back, um, and then you've got Ole Miss first time there ever, and they'll be trying to. I guess they are the last team in the SEC West to get there. Um, but, I mean, that would just be just must-see TV. It would, it would, it would be fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, got to get through LSU first. Um, we'll see that on Saturday. And then uh, they travel to College Station um, before the, uh, the gargantuan matchup against Alabama. Um, so it's going to be a, a fun couple weeks for Ole Miss. Um, We'll be back uh, this week with our handicapping show, Hit That Line. We will talk all about week eight. We will give our picks. We will give our locks, all that good stuff. Again, thanks to David for joining. It is a pleasure as always. Thanks to the listener for tuning in. And, of course, the show would not be here without the sponsors, so we thank them as well. David, we will talk next week. And uh, we'll see uh, when the dust settles. We'll see where Ole Miss is. Sounds good. Should be a fun weekend. That's going to do it for Daytime Fireworks. Make sure to stay locked in at omspirit.com, part of On3. We will have pregame previews, coverage, all of that good stuff. We've got tons of content up, recruiting. We've got all the football content, you, your heart desires and uh, more podcasts coming. So for David, I'm Zach. This has been Daytime Fireworks. Until next week, we out. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.